We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Hi, this is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. And today's topic is on be a business everyone wants to work for. So we're, we're privileged to have as our guest, Sam Hoggeston, who is the owner of Shines Auto Meticulously in the beautiful town of Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I've had the privilege of being in Bozeman uh, over the last year. I've been going back and forth there since January, uh, training and consulting on some of the local businesses there. And so I've got to know Sam and his wife, Lizette, um, since going back and forth and great young entrepreneur, um, doing a lot of great things there in Bozeman and got as a great story of how he started the business and just the business that he has. And one of the things that I've noticed about him and in his business is his ability to retain good employees. And so that was one of the issues when I was there in Bozeman uh, starting in January. What was one of the issues that a lot of the business brought up was that it was so hard to find and, and retain good employees. And it seemed to be kind of a just a big issue there. But it's not really just an issue just in Bozeman. Even if when I travel, I was just in Sioux Falls, I was in Dallas, and a lot of owners say the same things, even here in Pasadena, Los Angeles. Um, so it's not really isolated to the Bozeman community. But what I realized, and even when you hear from Sam, it's you know these are some things that can definitely be addressed no matter where you are. And certainly every business uh, faces employee issues. And turnover is a kind of can be a killer for any business because it's it's very costly to hire and fire, as you know. And not only that, but it really negatively impacts the um, continuity of the quality and service that you provide for your customers. So reducing turnover is hugely helpful for any business. And it's good, not just good for the business on the, in the bottom line, but it's just good branding overall, because as you retain good employees, um, they become better and better at what they do in your business. And it increases the quality and the standards that you have and the service that you provide for your customers. So Sam, thank you for joining the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, Robert. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Oh, no, it's great. And, you know, it's been great. Uh, you, you took the uh, accelerated course that we did there in June through August. It was great to get to know you, get to know your business. And then also Sam did a presentation last time I was in Bozeman a couple of weeks ago on, on this very topic, did an awesome job. Um, a lot of great insights from him. And even though he's a, a young entrepreneur, um, but certainly very mature for his age um, and just understanding how to deal with employees, how to really develop a relationship with employees, and then developing a culture where people want to stay. Um, so, Sam, give us a little bit of background of kind of you and how you started in your business. Well, I don't know about everybody else, but um, I figure most things happen the best when God orchestrates them, and I really feel that's how I got into this business. I never sat down to start an auto detailing business. It wasn't like I looked through the phone book and thought, Hey, you know, what's, what's a good idea here? Um, you know, looking back, it's, it's one thing I have noticed that it was a kind of a passion of mine in high school. I'd like to keep my car clean. I'd see old photos of my own car and 
and it seemed like it always was shining in the pictures. It was something I did just kind of relieve stress, I guess. So when I did stumble across auto detailing, um, it makes sense that, that I enjoyed it and stuck with it, um, which is the biggest reason I have a business, I would say, is just the uh, um, toughen out a lot of ups and downs until it was an option. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, I ended up working for a good boss. He, um, it was challenging initially working for him because he had such high standards. Um, but ultimately he was, um, one of the few people that had given me an opportunity at that time and kept investing in me and kept giving me uh, responsibility, which in turn made me more responsible. And, uh, eventually just the way the economy worked out and, and things going on in his life and mine, it worked out at one point for, for me to actually buy a small operation from him. Good. Cool. And one things you, we had talked about and even in class and even the presentation a couple of weeks ago, um, you talked about your experience with the rock band. <laughs> talk, talk to me about that. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's how I, um, it's kind of how I started the presentation and I could probably talk just on leadership skills or things that I learned about, um, teamwork, um, from that experience alone, from being, uh, from being in a rock band. I, uh, I started playing, guitar in about seventh grade after seeing my brother play guitar figured if he could be as cool as guys on mtv i probably could be as well <laughs> and that became my uh my go-to my mission and uh, so just really ran with it. it was all i really wanted to do i had the fortune of uh, my next door neighbor moved in and uh they had a a boy about my age and and his dad was in a band so we had all the gear we wanted to play with and we just kind of ran with it. Um, by the time I had graduated high school, um, that was about all we did. Um, he and I and a couple other guys um, just became really fast friends. And that was our, our glue was the band. We, um, we went to as much school as was necessary to get past them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it kept us out of trouble for the time being because we, we had a focus, we had something to do. Um, and it kept us really good friends too, because we kind of collectively had something going on. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was, yeah, so that, that was a really good starting point. Um, but as we, as we progressed in the band, uh, we got to a point where things kind of started to fall, fall apart. And uh, a lot of that was due to lack of, of collective vision. You know, we were, we were young, we didn't all have the same musical tastes and we never really, mapped out where we wanted to go as a band. We didn't really have very good guidance. Um, and we were young, we had huge egos and, and, uh, eventually that, that tore us apart. Yeah. So, so talk to us, talk to me more about that because, uh, certainly you had uh, some successes though, uh, when you guys are starting out and you're, you're touring and all that. Um, so you certainly had some successes and then all of a sudden things did start to, to fall apart, as you say. So kind of elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything. Uh, you know, our successes didn't come easy, and uh, and falling apart didn't happen all at once either. You know, our, our successes. I I wanted to be in a band probably worse than anything. Once I, I figured out that it was something that I could do, um, and then I saw the potential uh, for my own satisfaction, my own gratification, my own uh, ego it really became something that I just focused on because it, it seemed like my best possible um, avenue for, for getting what I thought I wanted at the time. Uh, so I worked really, really hard. 
Um, I think once we had some minor successes, like playing it, even just the school talent show in the eighth grade, I think, you know, those, those sorts of things, they start to trigger in your minds, like, Hey, this is something we can do. So they, as you have a small success, you, you push in more towards the next thing. Um, by the time we graduated high school, we had won a battle of the bands in uh, great falls, Montana, which was the biggest city close to, to the small town of Shelby where I grew up. Uh, and for that, that was just, that was like earth shattering to us. And they were like, wow, we actually won a battle of the bands. We are, you know, and that opened the doors for us to, to be able to um, play some paying gigs. You know, some clubs decided or were willing to, to give us a chance to play. And uh, then about the next year after that, I, I left college and, and we started playing almost every weekend, you know, getting the money that came with it, which was a lot to us at the time. And, you know, we sometimes get five to 800 bucks a weekend. And for four kids right out of high school, that seemed like a heck of a lot of money. We're getting that just playing music. So we were like, yeah, this is, this is amazing, you know? And, and so, <laughs> so we worked really hard and we tried to improve our, our show and, and things weren't really well for a while, but where things started falling apart was again, that lack of vision. We didn't really know where we were going. Um, and so we kind of got trapped in this bar gig cycle. Um, so our, our attention was diverted away from writing music, which we had initially wanted to do. We wanted to be creative with music. Um, mm -hmm. We never solidified the style of music we wanted to play. You know, we used to take a lot of pride in that as a band that we played all kinds of stuff from, from train to Metallica or whatever, you know, I mean, we had a, a very wide variety of stuff and we thought that was great. But when it came to, to creating something, we had no continuity, nothing to, to hone us. Um, mm -hmm. And, and so, so it became harder and harder to create music together. Our energy was spent on other things. And then uh, we didn't have a vision for that. And then even playing shows got to be harder and harder. Um, a lot of it had to do with, because I worked so hard, I started wanting to get all of the attention for myself, kind of pushing the other guys to the back burner. I wanted them to sort of just be the support role in, in my show. Mm -hmm. And um, that started to create some riffs. Um, as we got more into playing too, we got more comfortable playing. So we practiced less um, and not playing as often or not practicing as often um, really kind of diminished our enthusiasm for playing because we weren't doing anything new so it mm -hmm. became kind of um mundane and routine um mm -hmm. and then and then the other side of it is we just we, we got caught up in in everything involved with bands with with drugs with with alcohol you know and and just we, we lost our focus mm. so that's that's really good i think every business even though you're talking about a band but it just definitely applies to to business and these are definitely good lessons for any business i think part of you guys plateaued out mainly because of lack of vision because of the lack of vision you weren't continually innovating and developing you weren't writing the music like that you thought you guys really wanted to in the beginning um, but because of lack of solidifying that you guys just didn't didn't do the things that you really felt you should have been doing from the very beginning and then you just got to be kind of a, a jack of all trades, so to speak, in music, but an expert in nothing, right? The jack of all trades, but a master of none. So you're just kind of doing everything. It was fun to do. You could do it, but it really didn't, never, didn't necessarily take you to the next level because people didn't really know what you were all about, right? Who you really are, what your really identity is as a band. You're just doing everything. And because you weren't innovating, then next thing you know, you're, the delivery of your performances probably weren't as as good as it was when you initially won the band competition, right? Right. Is that right. fair to say? 
we may have gotten more proficient and, and better as musicians in terms of technical skills, but our attitude carried us in the beginning, you know, I mean, we were so excited to be there. Our energy was just high, you know, and, and that I think made up for a lot because later on, even though we got better as musicians, we just think things started to fall flat because they I think most people could probably tell that we didn't care. We didn't get along as a group. You know? Yeah. You're just going through the motions and have the synergy we had more. Yeah. yeah. Just, just going through the motions. So it's a, it's a good lesson learned for every business too is uh, yeah, you can be good at doing the business, but if that passion is gone, there, there's something a little extra that's missing um, that'll really certainly negatively impact your business and your organization. So what did you learn from leadership as, you know, as things started to fall apart, looking back on that experience as a band, uh, what, what can you learn from leadership? Yeah, well, during the, the process, you know, I, I learned nothing because I was, uh, you know, that's what ego does to you. It, it puffs you up and it makes you think you know everything and, and so-and-so is a jerk and I'm not going to talk to him for the next decade, you know, because of what he did to us, you know, right, but, yeah. but definitely went through a period after that where I did a lot of reflecting um, and, uh, you know, part of it, and it, it hurt pretty bad because these guys had become like, really good friends and, and beyond that i think i think when you play music together and you i mean you grow up together and i mean we we started in seventh grade and, and this was you <laughs> wow. know, um, early 20s by the time we, we broke up you know um i i really kind of look at it as as a marriage to three other guys i mean and not in any physical way obviously but just <laughs> just the aspect of the amount of time you spend together the decisions you have to make together that um and and as I reflected on that, it, it really hit me that I had missed the importance of that. Um, you know, I was so concerned about me and what people thought of me um, that I always downplayed what everybody else contributed. I always used my effort as a chance to um, to kind of pull my weight to get my way. And um, looking back on that, man, I... I I think the first thing I realized was that I would, if I had it to do over, I would have given, and not that I want to at this point <laughs> in, in a band per se, but the lessons I learned, uh, if I had it to do over was that, man, you, you have to give everybody who contributes credit for their contribution, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's small or great. The truth of the matter is that you didn't do it without them. And if they contributed anything, yeah. they needed to be recognized and encouraged in that so that they would contribute more. The more I diminished their contributions, the less they wanted to contribute. Mm, that's good. The other thing I noticed is that, you know, nobody, nobody cared. Even I would try and I'd bring up all the time, like, oh, well, I spent so much time. I spent so much more time than you did on this. I was up for, you know, 12 hours yesterday working on this thing. And, and you know, you show up today, you don't even care. But and what I found in that is, is that it didn't matter to them how much I did if I didn't care what they contributed. Mm -hmm. Because if I thought I was so great, I could do it all by myself. I mean, their mentality became like, well, fine. Why don't you do it by yourself? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that saying that uh, people only care until they know that you care. <laughs> yeah, I love that saying. So it certainly had some great lessons that we learned from the experiences of the band. Now, after the band fell apart, then you got involved with the auto detailing business or at what point did, did that come around? Yeah, pretty much almost right away. Um, so the band fell apart. I, um, we'd actually built up pretty good credit 
mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, playing in the band because we needed we needed sound gear. So um, our drummer's dad, when we were like, you know, when we first started getting some paying gigs, co-signed a loan for us, which he probably shouldn't have done, but he did. <laughs> and, uh, it was small. It was you know, yeah. thousand yeah. bucks or something like that. We bought yeah. some speakers, and uh, and we paid it off really fast. And then we took out another loan, bought some more gear, and we did that several times. So by the time the band broke up, we'd actually built pretty good credits for ourselves. Oh, interesting. And, you you uh, wouldn't think that would happen in the band. <laughs> yeah, but it was like the lottery because, I mean, we, we got out and you hear people who win the lottery, they end up in worse financial condition right. than when they yeah. started. So we got done, I mean, the band broke up and here's, now I've got this huge void, right? I mean, I've been put, pouring everything into this band and now it's just, it's just over. It's gone. It's done. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do with myself? What do I do with my life? Um, so the first thing I did, my our bass player and I, we decided we're going to go rent a nice pad in Bozeman. We moved down here and didn't have jobs, you know, just rented this, this apartment. I financed a big screen TV and a surround sound <laughs> system and he financed a cool car. And man, we were set. We were going to take Bozeman by storm, like party scene. With no job, huh? With no jobs, yeah. Well, I didn't say I learned much about finance <laughs> in the band other than... Anyway, that, that ended up being turned out horribly obviously you know um i it got to the point where i, I couldn't even buy drugs anymore um and it was <laughs> that's one way to kick the habit huh? <laughs> it, it was i was out of options you know it was it was start stealing and go to jail or, or do something else and i had gotten in deep in my bank i couldn't pay my payments um and uh, you know this is this is one this is really a, actually how i got saved part of the story is, you know, my dad bailed me out at that time and I had been for years living in a way he didn't appreciate with the band. And uh, he called me up and said, Hey, um, your bank called me, said you haven't been making your payments. And, uh, you know, and then floodgates broke open. You know what I mean? It was just like the whole weight of everything I'd been trying to hold together. Just, I, I think, uh, I think my knees hit the floor and I, I probably bawled on the floor for, for three or four hours that night. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and the only thing I had going for me at that time was I had managed to start working uh, detailing cars um, for six bucks an hour, <laughs> and, and that's all I had. And, uh, and so I just made a decision, you know, if, if Dad's going to help me, the only thing I can do in response is the best I can with what I've got. Uh, so I started working as many hours as I possibly could. I started working as hard as I could. And, um, over the course of the next year, um, you know, we, we were in a, a high turnover situation. The shop we had typically had six to eight guys and, uh, the most tenured employee had probably been there for maybe two years and a majority had been there for three to four months. And, and a couple were usually in for about a, a week or two before they decided that, that they couldn't handle it. So it didn't take terribly long to stand out. <laughs> uh, I was the uh, quote unquote manager after a year. Um, and uh, then spent the next few years really learning a lot about detail of business, about customer service, about managing and leading people. And, and uh, it was it actually was a pretty, pretty fun time. You know, it was kind of the first time I really felt that I was doing something productive with my life. There you go. Good. And so you mentioned your, your boss was pretty tough, but uh, you certainly learned a lot from him. Um, 
talk about some of the things you learned. Yeah. One of, so one of the things that kept me in that job, he was a jerk. When I started, I think he asked the manager, <laughs> what'd you hire that hippie for? I still had long hair from playing the band. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, he, he generally didn't give anybody too much of a time of day um, until they sort of proved themselves. And, um, and he had a very short fuse. Um, oftentimes, you know, if you imagine you're, you're trying to, to get everybody to, to produce quality work, he had a really high standard, but he's always working with, uh, you know, auto detailing isn't, you know, typically college grads that are applying for that job. Right, so right. You're, uh, you're working with guys that, that don't necessarily always want to be at work. So yeah, my boss was definitely a pretty hard individual to work for, especially initially. Um, he had a super high standard. And of course, all the guys coming in to work at a detail shop were similar to me in their stories, you know, in the sense that like they didn't have an opportunity to work anywhere else. And that was the best gig they could get at the time. So um, I think he found that his best method for, for managing uh, these particular individuals was, was just to have a pretty severe bite. I mean, he would come into the shop some days just screaming and hollering, kicking trash cans and cars. And, and, uh, man, you knew it when you weren't, when you weren't performing. So that was challenging. Um, and, and a lot of guys took it to heart and, and took it personally and, and got out, you know, um, fortunately for me that always kind of just triggered a, I can do better attitude. Mm-hmm. Like I can show this guy, I can prove this guy. Um, part of it was probably that I <laughs> had no options, uh, <laughs> But um, but he did have an amazing quality, uh, and that was was his ability to make people laugh. Like I remember, so many times I'd be so frustrated because he'd come screaming, and I was working as hard as I could. And then later in the afternoon, he'd, he'd come by and just stick his head in the car I was working on and tell some joke or, or some story, and we'd both be laughing. And and uh, you know somehow that that kind of just healed everything. And that was a huge thing that I took away, um, both the laughter and, and just the time that he spent, you know, that just, it didn't take much. It was 30 seconds, a minute here and there, just made you feel important, made you feel special. It's like, Hey, the boss cares enough to stop, spend a little time with me, make me laugh, you know? And, and that laughter always kind of was a signal like, Hey, you know what? I was trying to get stuff done when I was yelling at you. And this is just so you know that things are kind of all good, you know? And and so that was, that was a big, big lesson for me is that, you know, you've got to, you've got to be serious, but at the same time, you've got to have fun too. If you're not, if you're not able to laugh things off, if you're not able to laugh through situations, um, you know, your spirits can get broken and you don't want to push on, but if you kind of leave things lighthearted, um, and realize that, you know what, life isn't all that serious. I mean, we're all going to die someday anyway. Um, it, it really helps. And and that uh, that's that personal time that that one-on-one taught me a lot about it you know if i ever was going to have employees like i wanted to make sure that i spent enough time with them on a regular basis that that they knew that they were cared for that they knew that i was interested in them that they knew that that they weren't just a number or they weren't just a body fulfilling a a role you know but they were a human being that was yeah that was valued yeah, that's no, an important lesson because uh, you know every, in business we're always driving, performing, wanting to do better, want to do our business better, uh, which is good. But then when all you're doing is you know telling your employees or directing them and all that, it becomes very one-sided. They don't see the human side of it. They don't feel valued. But taking that time as your boss did, just 
even just a little bit of time, just a few moments. It doesn't doesn't take a lot of time, but just a few moments um, to bring some humanity into the situation can show that great balance um, that he's not just a boss, but he's he's a person and he cares about you. And it just takes some intentionality, I think, right? It doesn't take a lot of time, but it does take a person to be intentional about it because it's very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day of the business and make the excuse we don't have time to stop and, and talk to people, right? Yeah, and the other beautiful thing about that is that everything builds on itself. You know, if you never take time to talk to an employee, um, over time, they're going to recognize that you never take time to talk to them. And if you do once in a great while, like randomly, you know, with with no intentionality, you know, it's not going to go very far. But if you intentionally on a regular basis touch base with them, that starts to build on itself. And those little tiny moments turn into an ongoing relationship, you know? And so after a year, you know, now they've, now they've invested emotionally with you over the past year because you took time with them on a regular basis just to say, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah, sorry to hear about your sick mom or sorry to hear about this or, or like you need some time off to go take care of this, you know, go for it. You know, like those are little tiny ways to serve people. So talk to me now about your business now and the lessons you've learned from your time with the band to your old boss, uh, what have you brought into your business now as far as leadership and developing that culture um, where employees feel valued and, and want to stay? Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, business is always a learning experience and, and uh, I'm not very far in yet, but um, I am grateful. I've got, uh, I've got um, six full-time employees now and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, several of them, except for, except for one who's been with me about six months now, um, the others have all been with me for, for multiple years and, uh, one as many as seven years, pretty much when I started the business, he started working for me and is, is still working. And, um, okay. and so that's, you know, that's been great. I, uh, people ask me often, like, like, what do you do? And then when business ownership comes up, they often are like, Oh yeah, I hear that's tough. You, you know, hard to keep employees around and stuff. I'm, I was kind of just struggle a little bit. I'm like, it's not really that hard. I mean, if you just treat people like people, simple, simplified, but, but in a, in a way, not really. I, I mean, yeah. it, it's sort of the golden rule, like treat people how you'd want to be treated. And I think that's where, you know, and I think that's where the band and my previous experience as an employee in the auto detailing business, um, you know, kind of shaped, how I wanted to be a, um, a, a business owner or be, be an employer was by what it felt like to be an employee, you know, learning the things like, Hey, these are the things that made me feel great as an employee. These are the things that made me feel not so great as an employee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of the things that, um, that my boss, when I was working for him, uh, you know, one of the things that was great was he kept giving me opportunity, um, as long as I had somewhere to go, uh, you know, I, I worked hard. So he gave me more responsibility. I became more responsible. He gave me more responsibility after a year I was running the shop and then I was learning how to, how to manage people. And, and that was great while I was learning all that. But after you know, two or three years of doing that, I kind of ran out of things to learn in that business. You know, I'd, I'd sort of gotten through like, okay, well, here's the response to customers on these issues. Here's, you know, kind of the way I can get guys to do what I need to on, on this front or, or whatever, but but there came a point where 
where there wasn't enough money and there wasn't enough motivation to, to keep going. It just kind of became more stressful. I started to get bored. Um, and so when I started a business, I, I decided, you know, I didn't want my employees to be bored working for me because I knew that was an ultimate, you know, that would ultimately lead to them wanting to find work elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I didn't want them to think like, oh, this is a dead end job where uh, this is all I'll ever make and that's it. And so I'm, I'm done. So uh, I haven't implemented it perfectly, but I did know that I always wanted to give them somewhere to go, even if it wasn't super slow growth. As long as we have hope that someday something's going to get better somewhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we can stick out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've made it part of our business DNA to seek to grow as a business. Um, I knew when I started that I didn't want to be just a, a single owner operator shop where I did all the work because that was going to tie me in. And I had already had, you know, kind of repetitive motion injury, you know, from detailing for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that if I tried to do it continually by myself, I was going to lose my arms <laughs> uh, or at least have shoulder surgery. Like my boss ended up having, and you know, I just didn't want to go down that road. I knew yeah. if I was going to do this, I had to have employees. So I had to figure out how to keep them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned that, Turnover is horrible. I hated the fact that we were always, always training people. You never got anything done right. You were always fixing stuff. You were always trying to, to call people out and get them to get better. And then they'd get frustrated and they'd be like, well, I'm only getting paid this much anyway or whatever. And then they'd yeah. leave. And, uh, and it's, how do I get people to stick around? So I knew, knew I wanted to have opportunity for... Um, for the employees. I knew that, that they needed a chance to continue to grow, to continue to, um, to invest. And like in our band, you know, when we stopped practicing new stuff, it got routine and mundane and boring. So mm-hmm. in a way you always have to be giving them something to work on. So I try and praise them as often as I can, but I also am never really satisfied with anything. <laughs> um, and, and so I'll say, good job, and then how can we do it better? Good job, how can we do it better in this area or in this area? If it's not on the detailing aspect, it's on the customer service aspect. If it's not on the customer service aspect, how do we do better in inter-employee relationships? How do we do better in our shop management and our workflow? How do we, you know, um, we just have a culture of, of change. I think the guys all expect, you know, that I'm always going to come like, hey, we're going to try this out for a while to see it. <laughs> if this will work mm-hmm. and you know, they know not everything is going to work. I pulled back on a lot of things that, that we tried and it's like, mm, no, nah, sorry. That was, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Let's try something yeah. else. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm kind of getting off on a, a little too far here. Um, so anyway, I wanted, I wanted to, to give them a chance to, to grow a chance to advance um, and a chance to not be bored. I knew I wanted to implement things like my boss did, like, you know, the, the intentionality with, with getting to know them or the intentionality with spending time with them. Um, and of course that's gotten so much easier over the years because now I'm not trying to get to know somebody that I don't know anymore. I'm just going deeper with guys that have been with me for a long time, you know? So, so it takes, it takes less time Mm -hmm. to maintain that relationship than it did to earn their trust at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like you're investing, investing time in the beginning and then after a while, it's you don't have to invest as much per se. It's it's now you're just it's not so much autopilot, but now you're 
you're not spending as much time getting to know them. Now you know them. Now it's just a matter of just continuing the relationship and you're going deeper. And it's, it becomes, it's almost like you're cruising in a sense because you established that investment of time early on and got to know them. That was the big part of the investment. Now you're just kind of continuing on. Yeah. And I mean, there's always things you're learning. They go deeper, you know, and, and when you spend that much time with people, you start being involved in some of their biggest crisis, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, my boss used to always kind of like, you know, leave your problems at home sort of thing. <laughs> but if you recognize that people are human beings and they can't separate themselves from right. problems, yeah. um, it becomes instead, how do I help you through this problem mm-hmm. so that we come out on the other side of it stronger so that, you know, and, and when you do that, when they make it through, when they, you know, when their temporary dysfunction at work or time off that they need, you know, when they get through that, now they're more committed to you sure, because you've, serve them in that way you know you've given them a, a chance to um to fix and, and heal and and you know or offer them something um yeah i mean that's a great example because a lot of times you know business owners management they want so much out of you they expect so much out of you but yet they're not willing to invest that kind of time into you on a personal level as well so what you're saying is investing into them um the things they need on a personal level and professional level and then they give back to you when times are tough because so, sometimes times are tough for you that you need to ask them for some things um, you know that's that's tough for them to, to to give up yeah and and so when when you do that they're they're willing you had mentioned something um in your presentation too about um people are willing to work for donuts or something like that <laughs> yeah you know so that was um I mentioned that the people are willing to work for donuts, but, but that came with a caution. Um, <laughs> at my, in my old job, we had sort of a benchmark, you know, if, if you have so much productivity as a, as a shop, as a whole, um, he would bring us donuts the next morning. And mm-hmm. I love donuts. So it was a huge motivator for me. I'm like, I almost worked harder for donuts. <laughs> the than, paycheck. Uh, for my paycheck I got, and then we were paid hourly there. So it, it um, you know, kind of didn't matter either way how much effort i put in you know i was gonna get the paycheck so the donuts was like well man at least if i can get some sugar the next morning (laughs) that's awesome but but what i found in that is that um that expected sort of uh benchmark reward you know it stopped being a reward so much as it was just an earned Mm -hmm. um compensation Mm -hmm. package Mm -hmm. in a way you know so so any morning that those donuts didn't show up was like, hey man, where, where are my donuts? We got them, you know. Like, and I remember him asking one time when I kind of called him out on it. He's like, "What are you working for donuts?" And I was like, well, "Maybe." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I, I didn't want to rope myself into that where like I was going to promise some sort of bonus or expectation that that I wouldn't follow through on. Um, but the other thing that he did that that really stood out to me was just the random acts of kindness, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like yeah. he'd show up yeah. with a or he'd show up with, um, you know, he used to, he loved hunting. So after, after hunting season, he'd usually come in the shop with a bag full of jerky that he had made or something like that. <laughs> you know, you're working hard. Your stomach's always grumbling. <laughs> uh, hand you a big protein stick. You're like, there you, go. you know, you stop for a second and, and now life's, life's all good. Uh, so I guess I learned that that surprise element is really helpful because that, mm-hmm. what that did is it yeah. took you away from your work for a moment. It gave you a breather from, from the activity. Uh, it made 
his generosity seemed favorable in your own eyes. Like, mm-hmm. Oh man. I wanna, mm-hmm. And then it, it added value to you as an employee. It, mm-hmm. Like the donuts thing was a, a, okay, you earned it. You now may have donuts, you know, mm-hmm. like you have value because you earned it. Whereas the, the surprise sort of thing, just coming in random surprises and, yeah. and said to me more, you know what? You're valuable just because you're you and you're here. Mm-hmm. And I want to reward that, mm-hmm. and put mm-hmm. that value to work. You know, it was like you'd work harder because yeah. you recognized you had value. So um, that's something, and that's become part of our culture. I, I would say my employees probably bring donuts and random stuff for everybody in the shop more often than I do myself. Yeah. It just, it's caught on and, and they all like it. They like that, that oh, moment good. of hanging out for a second and, uh, you yeah, know, that's- and I'm building lunches and stuff. So. Yeah, that's that's good. And that's a, that's a great lesson. So, I mean, donuts is just really a more of a, an analogy for, you know, how you're going to reward your employees. And so sometimes those, uh, you know, planned rewards, you know, when you achieve this, then you get this, is becomes more, you know, just part of the comp- expected compensation versus those random acts of kindness. And those just those random rewards are, are great because then it really makes you, it makes it feel special. It makes it feel like you, as a business owner, have really thought about it and thought about them, right? So I think that those random acts are, are great and probably even more important than even just those planned compensations or rewards. So you, you certainly have a, a way of impacting people, and you've thought through this. You've been very thoughtful and intentional about that. Uh, how could you uh, kind of wrap that up? How did, what is that way that you feel you positively impact people? Well, it's interesting. Um, it's something I think I found out through the auto detailing business. Um, you know, again, I didn't set out to, to run an auto detailing business, but through circumstance, I ended up in it. And, and in it, I think I kind of found what my passion is, and that is, is the people themselves. You know, I don't see them when they come into my business as this isn't a person that's coming to fulfill this job for me. They're not you know, kind of a piece of the puzzle to fill the job for me, but I see them as, you know, I have X amount of days or years or whatever with this person to impact them positively. And so I just try and view everyone that comes in as, as it's my goal and job to make them a better human being, you know, when they leave this work or whatever like if they if they leave my business and they go and become successful somewhere else and implement things that they've learned working for me i consider that a win right uh you know if they're with me i mean i have kids that come in for a summer you know for the um they have college classes and stuff like that and i just need a summer job you know i don't discount turnover altogether it's 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 okay if somebody works short term those people are great and i want to give them as much as i can while they're here um, some of them you don't have very much time with. Um, but when you have new people come in, that's leadership opportunity for the other guys that are there. So I'm, I'm able to give the guys that have been with me a long time new opportunities to grow in, in leadership, to grow with customers, to grow. Um, so I ultimately just want everyone I meet and everyone in my business to fulfill who God created them to be. And I, I take it very seriously that part of them becoming who God created them to be has been through working for me in my business. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you really have a passion and desire to, 
to positively impact people, to develop them, to help them grow in their own leadership capabilities. So do you feel that is your part of the purpose of your business? Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I see it's kind of being revealed to me slowly. I've always kind of had a vision of maybe someday franchising if I stuck with it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of getting to the point where I'm starting to feel like that may be a way we go in the next couple of years or so. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that fits in perfectly because the guys that I've been working that are training, you know, they don't necessarily want to go start over somewhere else. And how else do I give them more opportunity, sure. but you know, maybe put them in their own shop and yeah, all right, yeah. a, whole new, <laughs> a whole new set of things we got to work on. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, you know, and I just, that, that excites me. The thought of, you know, these guys that have invested time with me, that if, if I can create another opportunity for them that will grow them, that will benefit them, that will give them employment, that will employ more people um, and you can kind of keep that trickle down effect going. And, and um, you know, I, the more I think about franchising, the more I think like, wow, what a, what a cool, mm-hmm. like godly thing. It, yeah. To me, it seems, you know, to be able to impact so many more people. Yeah, so that's 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 a great way to end because you know now you're thinking about how you know the growth of your business isn't just about growing the business and just making more money, but now you're providing opportunity, uh, next steps for the people that have been so loyal to you. Um, you continue to be able to develop them. Um, it's just just a great way, and, and and your business will benefit because of that kind of growth and franchising out, or at the very least, setting up that second or third location um, to to take the, these guys that you've already built as leaders. Now they can go, you know, re- operate their own shop or manage their own shop, whatever. I mean, that, that's a great, uh, great thing to do for, for you and the business and the guys that work for you. Uh, so Sam, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. I mean, you're certainly an, an incredible young man and it's been great to get to know you. Great to know Lizette. Um, certainly. And I look forward to coming back to Bozeman. Um, before the snow melts, because I do want to ski. <laughs> Big Sky Montana is close by, so um, I do love the snow there. But how can they learn more about you and Shines Auto Meticulously? Uh, yeah, I mean, go to shinesautosmeticulously.com. That is actually autos with an S. Um, or look up um, auto detailing Bozeman, Montana. You should be able yeah. to find it online. Yeah, yep, you're up there. <laughs> so great. Well, keep, keep up the great work, Sam. I uh, look forward to chatting with you more. Um, And thank you, everyone, for listening once again to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. Um, If you have a business question or topic that you would like to hear more about, or email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com. Or go to the Facebook page of Purpose and Profitability. So thank you again for listening and tune in next week. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeAndProfit.com.